Welcome, everyone, to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskid Podcast Network. We got a great show planned for you tonight. We have the 2021 Titans Fan of the Year, Stephanie, on with us. And we're, we're starting a new series because, obviously, over the last couple of weeks, Titans being eliminated from the playoffs and everyone being down. Of course, you have Twitter going crazy, whether you're split on the side of <laughs> Tannehill has to go or, you know, Tannehill is staying. It just craziness. So I figured let's start up a segment looking back on this season at everyone's top 10 moments, top 10 plays, however you want to view it, and just look back on the positives of this season. Before we hop into that, tell you how you can support the show. Simple. First, you can go check out our merch. We have hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, stickers, all different kinds of stuff. All you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections slash all. Look, guys, I know that's a long uh, link that you have to follow. I'll go back, and I will put it in the description. So all you have to do is click that link. It'll carry you right to it. If you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube right now and you're not subscribed yet, go click that subscribe button, turn it gray, turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a new video, when we go live like we are right now. Leave a like on the video, share the video, and go leave some comments. Let us know what your top 10 moments are from this season. If you're listening to the audio version, that'll be out either later tonight or tomorrow, Sunday. Then make sure you're following, whether it be on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us some comments, questions. We love that interaction. And, of course, check out our social medias. Our Twitter is Titans underscore time. Instagram, Titans Time Podcast, and Facebook, Titans Time. Now, we can start getting into the show. As I said, we have the 2021 Titans Fan of the Year, Stephanie, on with us. Y'all go follow her on Twitter. She actually has her handle popped up there, at StephanieP96. And we also have my amazing wife, Carrie, join us with our beautiful little baby girl, ready in her cheerleading outfit, you know, I, maybe we can get her out there on the field for the Titans cheering for them next year. Uh, love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. Oh my goodness, doing great. Thank you so much, Tyler, Carrie, baby Charlotte, having me on the show. Absolutely love it. She is already rocking junior a lot vibes. I see it, Queen. I see you. And thank you so much for having me. It's it's. Uh, I appreciate you bringing me on. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't think of, you know, really to start this off because after I got to thinking about it more and more, I'd asked, I mean, I had asked some other people and I thought it clicked. I was like, why am I not asking the current Titans fan of the year to come (laughs) on and be the first one to start this series off? Because, I mean, that comes with so many perks besides the honor of being chosen. (laughs) I mean, we're looking at, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, you're going to be going to the Super Bowl. And that's going to be an experience all in itself. <laughs> of a lifetime. I mean, I leave out on Thursday morning, uh, the 10th. 
we go directly to uh, California. We get off of LAX. We have a few hours, and then we're right on board to the honors awards. Um, we each uh, get to us and, the, and our guests get to attend the honors award and get to see everything go down. We get to be in the same room with the hottest stars in the NFL, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. I mean, you have to just think, you know, just, you know, I'm a Titans fan first, but I'm a football fanatic. And so to be in the room with some of the biggest people, uh, especially, you know, even Mike Vrabel, which meeting him already was amazing, but to getting to see him in person, uh, hopefully accept that uh, Coach of the Year award is is, is going to be so much fun. Um, just seeing everybody and getting to, to kind of mingle and be in that environment. Apparently there's some talks of a red carpet and things like that. And I'm just like, you're talking a small girl, a small town girl that's, <laughs> in, that's literally in a town called Tullahoma that's maybe less than 5,000 people. And you're just like, you know, maybe 3,000 people altogether. It's a very small town. One main road connects us from point A to point B. <laughs> So we're going from that to California. Like that's so huge. It's it's a culture shock. I have a, I already have a recording on my phone when people ask me, "Why do you sound like that? Where are you from?" Because I know my accent's going to come out super strong out, out on the west coast. Uh, oh yeah, and you know, like you said, the the NFL honors hopefully going to be seeing Brable accept that Coach of the Year for award. Sure, I mean, sure. I I don't know of any other coach that deserves it more than he does exactly. this year and you know you like you said you've already got to meet him this year getting to go out on the field and be the 12th titan and i have to say so before we got our season tickets the way it kind of got brought up was my wife actually set up a stadium tour and everything which mm-hmm. of course it was smackdown middle of covid and like when it first started so we weren't able to go everywhere in the stadium, mm-hmm. but we did get to go around and uh, see like the sword, everything. I got to pick it up, mm-hmm. take a picture with it. And I was actually out on the field holding the Tennessee tough flag when the game that you were the 12th Titan. And I watched you come out there and pick this sword up and you're swinging it around. I'm like, I remember that sword got a little bit of weight to it. Like it does. It, it is, is very just... real. It's very real. The yeah. whole time, just don't stab your foot, you know. Those or yeah. or just, and luckily Nate was behind me. The thing was, is I got on the field, and I'll be honest, I kind of blacked out for that initial, <laughs> like the moment we got out there. It was very real. It was very surreal. I didn't understand what I had done until after I saw Jim Wyatt post. on Twitter and I finally watched the video like I saw bits and pieces from what people were sending me but I watched the whole thing and I was just Mm -hmm. like I was out here swinging it around like it weighs two pounds like (laughs) and they was in the background just cheering and I was it was like the Super Bowl is um, incredible and it's a lifetime experience but like that moment on the field that I got to share with him Nothing will top that for me. Like the moment I picked him up and I swung him around was kind of when I came back because I saw everybody just cheering and clapping and things like that. And then we were just walking off and I was trying to hold it together because it was just one of those (laughs) insane moments where it's just like I get to have this moment with Nate forever. And and that's going to be so fun when he gets older and he gets to see what he's done. (laughs) 
Exactly. And and since we're talking about it, in case anyone hasn't seen it, they, you know, that I know that video's been everywhere all over Twitter, but we're going to play that for everyone right now. It does. It gets me every time. Like I, I've seen it like fifty-five times, fifty-five thousand times, and it still gets me. I, I, I mean, the hey, music in the background. The music is like so like climatic. Like it's it just was. like, yeah, this is an awesome moment. <laughs> and like Nate was just like he was cheering and he was going, and he was like, "You're doing good, Mama." And I heard it at the back of my head, and I was just like, you know, oh, tears because like God. I don't think I could have. He did so well, and for a five-year-old to go out in the middle of the field where there's seventy thousand fans, and he just lived in it. Like I just, yeah. I know that moment was about me, but I'm just like, I'm so proud of him because that is a lot to handle for mm-hmm. him. He handled it really well. I agree. Well, you know, you're th- you're thinking about it as a as a parent because mm-hmm. you're like, like, yes, this moment is big for me, but like you said. He's a five-year-old out there on the field in front of everybody. He's yeah. then going to the sideline, and he's around all these players <laughs> as well. And, I mean, that you think Easy. most kids in that moment, they're like, okay, I'm going to go in my little shell yeah. now and kind mm-hmm. of like I'm around a lot of people I don't know. But I'm sure he was just living. Oh it no, up. he went and dapped Coach Rabel before I did. KB, <laughs> he dapped KB before I did. He was just like mom, mom, and he was just dapping as many people as he could. Yeah. He, didn't, he was living his best life at that point. He was coming back to you. Hey, mom, come here. Let me let me introduce yeah, you to Byron. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Byron came. We were all breaking. They were all breaking to come out in the um to come back in from their moment in the middle of the field, like they do for every game. And then mm-hmm. Coach Rabel was just like, "Hey, KB, this is Stephanie." And Nate just went up and said, "Hey, KB," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Who are you?" Like I'm sitting there just like, and KB's like, "Can we get a picture?" And I'm like, "You don't have to ask that twice." So I'm trying to take a picture and everybody saw the good picture, but they didn't see the first picture I took because my hand was shaking and it cuts off the top part of KB's hand. <laughs> so he's like, you can take a second one. I was like, appreciate it because I'm just like this. My hands are just like yeah. I'm trying to take this picture with KB. And Nate's over here just like, go, go. And I'm like, and then he just like kept walking around, just dap, dap, dap. And then yeah. other guys were just like, you so little man, and things like that. And I'm like, you just sitting here living your best life. Jeffrey Simmons is standing over there. Ryan Tannehill, who's way bigger in person. I did not realize how tall that man was. Um, and then you've got, um, I think it was Elijah Moden was over there. And then behind me was Jeff Swain, um, Deontay Foreman. There was a bunch, like they just all ran. Um, David Long Jr. It was it was so crazy just to see them that close up. And then they were like, "You want to stand here during the um, during the 
oh the start like the the pledge of the the pledge of allegiance the national anthem national anthem sorry national anthem oh you're here. I said the pledge of allegiance the national anthem <laughs> and I'm just standing there there's a picture with me Vrabel and KB and I'm just standing there just I'm like this is it this is this <laughs> is the epitome of my life and I, and I could not handle it <laughs> it was so fantastic oh I I bet I mean I know. Like I've met uh, Keith Bullock before, mm -hmm. but being it, like if I was in that moment that you were in, because I know how starstruck I was then, but if I was in that moment where I was with Vrabel on the sidelines, all the play, like I, I would be, I'd be at a loss. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I able to get speechless. any words out. <laughs> I was pretty speechless except for some, you know, basic, hi, how are you? I'm glad yeah. they didn't ask me too many other questions because it wasn't going to come out. It, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it was not going to come out. There was no way I was going to be able to talk. You know, I can just be, you know, shake my head, you know, give yes, no answers. You know, just you know, a lot of the, the personnel, the people that work for the Titans and get this running, it was it was so hectic. But at the same time, it was so calming because it was just something that I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is going to be for, with for, with me forever. And, oh, gosh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, I, I, I bet. So, and I'm wondering, no, no spoilers now, but I am mm -hmm. wondering if this moment will show up <laughs> on your top ten. But we'll this, start into that, and we'll start one. from – <laughs> we'll start from 10 and go through six first. So starting out with your, you know, 10th moment from this year that you consider one of the best moments or play, whatever it is, I, I'm ready to hear them. Okay. So number 10 for me was actually, it starts in the off season, the last year's off season. It was the free agent signings of Dupree and Danico Autry. I really think that this kind of, set the stage for what our defense was going to be this year. However, just seeing the effects of uh, not only Bud Dupree, you know, because he's Bud Dupree, but Danico, I think was the mm -hmm. most underrated signing of the entire season um, because this man just wreaked havoc. Um, I feel like he not only bolstered his position, but he bolstered Jeffries um, because they were they were able to tag team it and do a lot of give a lot of different looks that we weren't able to when we didn't have that person next to Simmons the prior year. So definitely number 10. Oh yeah. I, I have to agree. Like Danico Altry, because we knew signing Bud Dupree, like that was, he's a top guy. Mm -hmm. Grant, he was coming back from injury. I think he's going to be even better going next forward, for sure. but but Autry was so underrated. I mean, when we made our video talking about them signing him, we had Colts fans commenting on the video, oh, y'all think y'all are getting something special. He was just – he was getting that because of the Colts defensive line. This, I'm like, do y'all not understand? Like, he's coming to a defensive line with Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons. It's not like he's downgrading, like, to <laughs> – some other team with no other pass rusher. Like, he's coming to a dominant front. And, I mean, he showed it this year. He he showed out. It seemed like every time you turned around, you were hearing his name be called. Mm -hmm. It was something special because I feel like it did take a little bit of time for their chemistry to, to form. But the, you have to give it. This is their first year in this front 
um, playing with one another. So it's going to take time for them to gel. But once they start gelling, I feel like it was like at the Rams game is when it kind of just started rearing its ugly head for, for, for everybody else in the league, not for us, but just everybody else in the league. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. just to kind of see Danico get the respect that he deserved because it was, it was funny to me I, throughout the season, you would see Colts fans like we didn't get this Danico or da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, you guys have a different front than we do. Like you're literally putting him next to mm-hmm. Pro Bowl uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Like, they both can wreak havoc because you're going to have to double team one and let go of the other. Then you have Harold out here who's playing out of his mind this year, you know, pay that man ex- contract mm-hmm. extension, get him paid <laughs> yes. right now. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Before you do anything else, Harold gets paid. <laughs> yes. That man has money and let him go on his merry way and be happy, you yes. know, because, um, it's it's really crazy to say, given the fact that our defense was like the thirty to me to like the thirty second rank the prior year, for them to go from there to where they mm. are now, night and day. I'm like, do not let this front four go. Do not let them Mm-mm. go. Like the fact that you can rush with four and drop back seven was crazy because we were never able to do that because we couldn't generate a pass rush. And thank you know, thank goodness for Bud Dupree because mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted to comment on his game. I'm like, just because his sack stat isn't up there with everybody else's doesn't mean he's getting in the backfield. When he was out for three games, we did not generate a pass rush as much as we did when he was in the games. So just because his stats aren't jumping off on paper doesn't mean he's not affecting the game. Like he's still in the backfield. He's he's causing people to have to double him because of who he is. There, there's more to him than just what's on a piece of paper. But then at, at the Steelers game, he got his first, you know, he got his sack against uh, uh, Ben and it just kind of <laughs> took off from there so definitely excited to see what they can do next year after having now a full year with one another under the belt I just you know and then the addition of 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 Cunningham this man has made an impact from like the first game he was in like I've never seen a man that big on defense with that type of speed. Like he was chasing receivers, <laughs> running backs everywhere. You know, he was that the Texans game, I believe, is where it was just like obviously against his old team. He was just flying. And I feel like that's something that you can't mm-hmm. teach. And for John Robinson to get him off of waivers, thank you to the other 20 something other teams that said, mm, nope, I'm good. You know, thank you. Because <laughs> we ended up getting them. And- yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what the other 27 teams thought process was and not picking him up. Like, because obviously when he got released, my brother and I were texting back and forth about it. And I was like, I'd love to have him, but mm-hmm. I don't see how he drops to us 100%. in waivers. And then. Next thing I know, I get the notification on my phone, and I look, and I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I was like, it's it, it's done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was another. Yeah, I remember you up. freaking out that so day. So now moving into your number. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I was texting you. I was like, this is fixing to, like, this changes this linebacking core. Like, it gives us more depth yeah, when was- everyone gets healthy. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, you were in the kitchen. You were like, no way, no way. You're just freaking out. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I, just, just like little fun fact, though, the loss against the Patriots is actually what caused us to jump ahead of them in waivers to be able to claim Cunningham because I feel like Bill Belichick wasn't going to let him go much further. I don't think he would have passed no. the Patriots. No, I, I don't think so either. Um, so now we'll move into your number nine moment or play from this past season. Number nine is a play, and it was the um, overtime Carson Wentz interception. And now <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a Titans built moment, but the Kevin Kevin uh, intercepted that pass. Ended up setting mm-hmm. up for Randy Bullock to get that game-winning field goal and to sweep the Colts for another, you know, another season or actually for the first season for a while. And if I'm not mistaken, they haven't swept them um, for a little, for maybe a, a good minute. Uh, you know, we're always in their in their rearview yeah. mirror as the little brothers. So it was nice to get a double, you know, sweep a sweep of them. So that's definitely mm-hmm. my number nine because I felt like at that moment Carson Wentz just Carson Wentz. And that's that's <laughs> really all it is. <laughs> Kevin Byard read that play to a T, jumped that receiver in that route and you know t- you know kudos to Kevin. Yeah. What uh, a wonderful year for that. Yeah. Movie. Oh yes. Oh, he yeah. was uh, so it was funny because, you know, you mentioned how bad the defense was last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously watching the games last year, we're all – me, my brother, my wife, and my brother's fiance are all talking about it. And, you know, we have been hyping Kevin Byard up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this dude – and obviously last year he had a down year and because of just how the defense played as a whole. And, you know, my my wife, she was like, I don't really, you know, I don't see what the hype was with him at the time. And I'm like, look, he's had a down year. He's going to come back this next year. Mm-hmm. I said, with how they're he didn't fixing have the this support. defense. He didn't. Yeah. It was like Kevin was playing out of his position quite a few mm-hmm. times throughout the year. So he really couldn't fo- focus on his safety position because he didn't have that, mm-hmm. like Harry said, the supporting cast to, to help him mm-hmm. do what his job is intended to do. Yeah, and, I was and like, then this year, you know, the big deal about with Kevin Byard, like, <laughs> like he's not that great, like whatever, you know, like this is my first year really watching the Titans, mm-hmm. and then this year, you know, I was like, yo, like this man, <laughs> this is was this stellar. was rookie, to me, this was rookie season, Kevin Byard, like this this year reminded me so much of rookie season, Kevin, because rookie season, Kevin was off the chain like this you could mm-hmm. not that's where he got his ball hawk uh nickname was from his rookie first second season actually and so to be able to see him after the down year he had turn it you know be able to t- have his game completely changed because of the supporting cast makes it made a huge difference like he just got that confidence and didn't let it go and i love it he deserves it he absolutely deserves the year that he's having he does and it was he got to play off of his instincts mm-hmm. this year because, you know, you look at, like you mentioned, the the pick against Wentz. He knew whenever Wentz took that snap, he knew where Wentz had been going with it, knew he was going to try and force it into Pittman again. And he didn't wait around. He just – he broke on that route and made Wentz pay for it. And, 
you know, like you said, Wentz just winced, and he had done it earlier in the game. <laughs> like, you know, that I, I remember whenever we first seen that the Colts got him, and of course, going back and forth with Colts fans because that's that's, that's always fun. Like you said, they, yeah, that, and I'm like, guys, y'all realize y'all have Carson Wentz, like this dude. Oh well, he had this MVP like season. Couple, years. I'm like, I, I don't see it happening. And then so many times this year, like they would look at games. Oh well, he had this. Well, yeah, he also had like ten passes that were dropped by the opposing defense that should have been picked off. Like he easily should have led the league in interceptions this year. My thing is, is with with Carson, like he is who we thought. He- <laughs> he was. My thing is, is that he's had one great season, and then the rest is nothing but riddled with injuries and just, you know, he's, they they say it's a supporting cast, but I think it's just Carson Wentz. He has a ceiling, and that was it. Like in that in that moment, you're supposed to mm-hmm. go handle it with the Jags, and he he crumbled. Like he just, there was nothing like that offensive line looked like Swiss cheese and it was supposed to be the best offensive line of the year. Carson couldn't stay off the ground. And I was just like, I'm not surprised. Like everybody was just Mm -hmm. like, he thought he was the second coming of Jesus when they signed him. I'm like, Carson Wentz is just Carson Wentz. Like y'all would have done better bringing in Nick Foles when he was injured just to spike <laughs> Carson and make Nick do good. Like I'm more terrified of Nick Foles than I am of Carson Wentz. Like I'm like, let's just walk. Nick Foles as a backup is way more terrifying than Carson Wentz as a starter. Yeah. I mean, don't if you throw Nick Foles out there as the starter all year long, okay, he kind of he fumbles. You know, I, he, he's not, not as, meant to be yeah. a starter. Nick Foles no, is not but, meant to be a starter. Yeah. You have him in that backup role, and it's like, okay, you know what? Wentz is doing it. Let's throw him out there. And it's like he flips a switch. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm with you there. I, I was never really worried about Wentz going to the Colts. And, you know, of course, their argument was, oh, well, look what Rivers done to uh, y'all's defense. Slash, I was like, y- y'all really didn't improve from Rivers. Like, Y'all probably would have done better to see if you could have got Philip Rivers back, yeah, <laughs> even though yeah. like he couldn't move around. <laughs> like at, at least he could throw <laughs> the short passes and check it down and tear up our defense at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's get to a couple of these comments here, right quick. Uh, we got TA watching here. Tighten up. Congrats on our baby. Thank you, TA and. You, I know you and your wife just had y'all second. Congrats to y'all. Hope everyone's doing well. And then we have Stanley Wilson saying, what's up? See that we hired uh, Tim Kelly as offensive senior coordinator. So we shall see how this goes. And I want to, right quick before we continue on to more of your top moments, want to get your thoughts on that. I actually don't mind. Like it, it just seems like they're doing the same thing they did with Shane Bowen. They're, they brought in Jim Schwartz um, as a overseer. I feel like two heads are better than one. If if Tim sees something that Shane's not seen, and vice versa. I mean, you know, it was crazy to me because I 
from what I've heard, I believe Tim was supposed to interview last year, but the Texans blocked it. So we couldn't mm. interview him as our OC. Um, and so that and then that's when I believe they went to Shane Bowen and brought him up. Um, not Shane, Todd Downing and brought him up. Okay. And so my thing with it is, is if it helps him to be able to see things that he may not be seeing and vice versa, they can kind of commingle. I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm happy with that. Just, you know, I want to see some variety like this, like mm -hmm. run, run pass or things like that, where teams are, are sniffing out what we're doing because we do the same thing every single yes. um first, second, third down. It's just, I, I would like to see a little variety. Now, I don't want to go away from the run because that's what we're used to. Um, mm. Obviously, though, with this being a passing league, we may see some more passing. But I feel like if you don't make Ryan Tannehill throw more than he has to, I think it'll be all right. He's like, not going to get better. I think it'll be all right. Like, just, you know, you have Henry. I kind of really hope they bring back Foreman because Henry and Foreman yes. together mm -hmm. – I would not want to tackle that for four games, for four quarters. Not at all. I wouldn't no. want any part of it. I wouldn't want no part of it. No, because those are two big guys. Big and, guys. you know, most most of the time if Henry goes off, teams are like, okay, we got a smaller guy back there. We don't have to worry about really getting just pounded into the ground. And then they look back up and they see Foreman and it's like, Okay, well, let's buckle this back up a little bit tighter again because it, it's coming. So, and yeah, I, I like the Tim Kelly hire. I seen something on uh, Twitter earlier where I think from what they were reporting, he's going to have more say on mm -hmm. like the passing game. The passing which game, yeah. I like because I I like I, I'll be honest, when it came, especially the last game against the Bengals. Downing's past concepts, I, I didn't like them. The route they were combinations he had. To be honest, they were, yeah. they were very pedestrian. Uh, and, I mean, even going back to that uh, RPO bubble screen, like you can't come out in the exact same formation after you had only gained three yards on it the first time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the I for, I'm blanking on the uh, – Bengals defensive back that picked it off. Jesse but, Bates. Uh, yeah, Bates had the first one. I think it was like Hilton that had the bubble screen. That had the big bubble screen, yeah. Uh, he hit the ball up, yeah. deflected it, and then he caught his own deflection. Like, like He almost had that the first time you ran it. So mm -hmm. why are you coming back yeah, out? Same formation again. Like that's setting Tannehill up for no success there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it – it was like they they were waiting on it. <laughs> like he he literally said on the sidelines, like they're gonna come back to it and throw it. I, yeah. I got it. Next Inside time. the NFL had posted mm -hmm. a clip from that game where they were calling it on the sideline, and I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like this is mm -hmm. the this is the playoffs. Like it could get you by in the regular season, but not in the post. It cannot get you no. by in the postseason at all. So I'm excited. Also, they Davis Mills for like those last like three or four games, he was turning it up. Like he looked incredible. He <laughs> and I'm like, 
it baffled me kind of that the Texans let him go because he really had Davis Mills. Like when you can put up 40 plus points on the Chargers that have one of the better defense in the league, Davis Mills was carving them up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. even if our, you know, granted, our team sometimes makes rookie quarterbacks look like Hall of <laughs> Famers. Even the game against us, once Davis Mills got comfortable, he looked so good. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Thank you again to the Texans. I appreciate it because he, he really did help his the fundamentals of his passing game kind of come alive for those last like four games of the season. Uh, yeah, for sure. So like I said, I'm excited because, you know, it it just it gives that overlook for mm-hmm. Downing since it does look like he's going to be back for sure. And it's like maybe Kelly can open his eyes up some and be like, all right, dude. You're, you're being way too predictable here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, going back, like, to the first interception Tannehill threw when he was looking at Julio, I mean, it got brought up, and I didn't notice it when I was at the game, but no one was streaking up the left side of the field or on Tannehill's left. So Bates had no reason to even try and hover in the middle. You know, he knew, okay, I can just slide over to Julio, and yeah, I, I, I've got it. Boom. So – but now getting back to more positive again, uh, number eight. Dominating the Chiefs. The the Chiefs game was absolutely incredible. I was there for it, and it was just mm-hmm. – it was so much fun. Like, just to kind of watch them, because there's not very many games where they won from the first minute of the first quarter to the fourth quarter. So it was just so much fun to watch them – dominate a team that for better or worse really kind of was striking out like and I get Mm -hmm. it you know you can't help who you play and things like that at that particular time but the Chiefs just did not look like themselves but we Mm -hmm. take them as at any point in time they could turn it up and look like themselves so it's kind of like you can't you can never Mm -hmm. count Patrick Mahomes out it's Patrick Mahomes but just to kind of watch the defense like live in the backfield the offense was generating scores the um you could definitely tell after the second half, I, I'm pretty much they shut them out the second half because they only got a, a field goal for the whole game. Mm-hmm. And the defense was just having fun. They were they were back there. They were giving Patty Mahomes a hard time. Um, Kevin batted down that ball to uh, for a fumble. Um, mm-hmm. Just um, even Rashard Evans got in on the and had an interception <laughs> that game. That was so much fun to watch. <laughs> it, it really was because – you know, going into that game, even after the Titans got up a couple of scores, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sitting there in the stands. I'm like, okay, foot on neck. Do not let – like, we got to keep pouring this on because, like you said, it's it's the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes, this high-powered offense. It's like if you get comfortable at all, they can start putting things together and coming back on you. And I was like, we just just – kept on dominating kept on dominating on and i'm like okay this this is what i like to see when we can take one of the top teams in not just the afc but in the league and dominate them like that should show everyone this titans team this year is different it was and this defense is different it was it was very different because it was just kind of like um Oh, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second. But I was just sitting there, and I was like, well, like you said, 
you have to keep it on because like against Washington the prior week, they came back and all, and and won, you know, because mm-hmm. Washington got comfortable. And I'm like, well, they could get comfortable at any time. But it was just like you could definitely tell that once they felt that the defense had that swag on him, it just kind of it just changed mm-hmm. the whole perspective of the game. Like the the Chiefs couldn't get anywhere near I think like the 30 yard line. I don't think they sniffed close to the mm-hmm. end zone the entire game except for the one field goal. Um, but other than that, it was it was just it was exciting because like you said, they're the I feel like they're the NFL darlings of the league. Like they get by they get um mm-hmm. they get a lot of praise and things like that and and a lot of respect and give credit because because Patty Mahomes and company is Patty Mahomes and company. Mm-hmm. Um but like to kind of like break their break their spirit. It was it was refreshing. <laughs> it was refreshing. Yeah. Now, only bad thing is all the teams that had to play them after the Titans done that. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for them because it was like it was a wake up call for them. Like, okay, like we can't always hit the deep ball now. We're fixing to change this offense up a little bit. Just mm-hmm. start taking what everyone gives us, and you know what, Tyreek Hill, fastest dude in the league. Mm-hmm. We'll just put the ball in his hands and let him make someone miss. <laughs> like we it, we won't worry about hitting him on the deep shot. <laughs> it kind of mimicked because, and then what's funny was is that this is coming off of a short week with a Monday night game against the Bills where we were not expected to win. Just like last year, we were not mm-hmm. expected to win because we hadn't practiced in like two weeks, and then we come out and smack the Bills in the mouth, and then after we played the Bills, they turned it all the way up and just cremated every other team after they played. And it was the same thing this year, <laughs> but just reverse games. Like we had um, we had mm-hmm. uh, the Bills, and then we had Patty Mahomes, and then after that they just turned it up and became a hot team after that. They got scared. Yeah, exactly. Because you're thinking, they're looking at it like, you know, the Bills last year, this team hasn't practiced in so long, and then we get beat, and it's like, okay, we just got beat by a team that hasn't practiced in two weeks. Not only did we get beat, we got flat out embarrassed. Mm -hmm. We're taking it out on the rest of our schedule. And then, like you said, same thing with the Chiefs this year. So – Yes, that game was so much fun to watch. We were there yelling the whole time, screaming, happy. <laughs> uh, it, it was just a blast. Mo- most of the time in Nissan Stadium this year, it was just a great time. And now we'll move to your number seven moment. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the number seven moment on my list. Now, this one was kind of hard, uh, but I will say um, it's the Dolphins. It is the Dolphins games, but for a couple of different reasons besides being the 12th Titan. Um, now, if it was strictly the 12th Titan, it would be in my top five. But I believe <laughs> for me, number seven was the Dolphins game because I feel like it was against a quarterback who's very mobile. And usually against mobile mm. quarterbacks, we're not that great on defense. But I kind of really saw, and I feel like everybody else saw, what our defense was truly made of because of the fact – they pretty much bottled up Tua for that entire game. Um, with the weather mm-hmm. and things like that, people want to blame it on that. I'm like, well, you're going to play in bad weather anywhere you go. There's a chance it might rain. There's a chance it might snow. You have to be prepared for that. And Tua was not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And that moment where you see him on the sideline get upset, I love those moments. <laughs> I love those moments. I live for those moments he gets upset. But for me, it was also because at the end of the game, I was inside in the club section with a 
with a ton of other people because the Dolphins game was pretty much mm-hmm. kind of said and done at that point. But we were all watching both the Raiders and the Colts and the Bengals and the Chiefs. And everybody was just kind of mm-hmm. holding their breath at that point because we were watching the Raiders and the Colts and we we're like, oh, my gosh, the Colts dropped another game. That was awesome. But we were all zoned in to the mm-hmm. uh, to the Bengals and the Chiefs and that last minute. I feel like was the longest three minutes, five minutes of my life because it kept going from from false start to pass interference to this and that. But the Bengals ended up kicking the field goal. And when I tell you everybody erupted, it was just insane. You couldn't – because we took back that number one spot when the Chiefs lost. Mm -hmm. And it made it more manageable that we were the number one seed, something that I don't think anyone had on their bingo card. (laughs) (laughs) Division titles, one thing, but the number one seed is a totally different thing. It's just something that we haven't done in a very long time. And so to be in there with that moment was – with all the other with all other fans and and there was like personnel from the titans walking through there was cheerleaders it was just so much fun to watch uh, oh yeah like so it was funny because after the dolphins game was over i didn't know if they would pull anything up on you know the jumbotron or anything like mm-hmm. that and you know like you said the weather wasn't the best so we actually we left the stadium and we're mm-hmm. walking out and then like you said all of a sudden, we hadn't got far from the stadium at all. We just hear it erupt. And, you know, there was a yeah. guy trying to watch the game on his phone. And, you know, we're we're looking at it, trying to figure out what's going on. And as soon as we heard the crowd erupt, I was like, yeah, we ain't got to watch that. We know he makes it. Like, the, the Bengals won. We're back to number one. I, I yeah, like, we all we had heard... to do was hear that eruption. <laughs> we kind of heard that, too, like, after – the crowd we were in because the crowd were, that we were walking over with they also all had their phones out they're all looking at this and then so like there's all of us cheering like yeah like clapping it. and cheering and then we hear in the stadium we're like oh they just found out too <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just a crazy how bonkers everybody went it was so much fun to be in that moment oh yeah for sure that was I, like you said for so many different reasons that is definitely a top moment from this year and now we'll move to your number six moment number six was actually because I was I was watching from home it was the playoff mm-hmm. game but it was a portion it was watching Derrick Henry return like obviously we had that um, that um crazy amount of buildup um mm-hmm. I've kind of I'm I'm already over that game, you know. I'm kind of moving past mm-hmm. into the, you know, ready for the offseason thing like that. So it's not sad for me to talk about anymore and things like that. But watching Henry come out and for you guys that were at the game, I couldn't imagine how deafeningly loud it was because from the TV, I could not hear the commentators. I could not hear them. The crowd was so loud because usually they don't show introductions. Um, mm-hmm. on TV. They'll, they'll just show them at the game. But they showed Tannehill coming out and then they showed Henry and just to hear that crowd just, it was it gave me chills. It was just cra- crazy to watch because during warm-ups he had came out but he went behind everybody because he didn't want to make that about him so he kind of went behind somebody and just kind of practiced. But like when they announced him and the, 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 the smoke went out and just to hear that mm-hmm. I'll just erupt. I'm like, I just, I do. How was it? Was it even, I would assume it's even louder at the stadium. Uh, so, 
uh, since you mention it, I will play this video because I put it on here when we uh, did our game review for that game, and I'll play it for you right quick here. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got man. <laughs> that just, yes. Gives me chills just thinking back to that moment. It was just so amazing to be there. And you could feel like the vibrations around you of literally just everyone just losing it. It was, oh my God, amazing. But amazing. The, the, the energy that was in the stadium, because like you said, whenever they were warming up and everything, he, you know, the running backs got introduced and you've seen that he didn't come out with them. But then when all the offensive and defensive linemen come out, he he kind of snuck out. Some people saw him and started cheering. But usually, like, I'll record all of the introduction. And as soon as they got to Tannehill, I went ahead and stopped my first one and started a new one because I was like, I knew they were going to save Henry for last. This place is about to go crazy. Like just feeling the energy and the vibrations in that stadium, I was like, okay, this is a whole nother level. Like I've never seen Nissan Stadium like this. Mm-mm. I felt like it hasn't been like that since um, LP Field. Like it, it really mm-hmm. just to kind of see how the fans turned out. And obviously, we didn't get the ending that we wanted, but just to kind of see. Um, that home field advantage kind of just be there and be in that moment. Like you said, literally, I just want to take a moment to shout out each and every person that went to that game. Because when I tell you, like I said, listening to the commentators, I could not hear, like I heard the crowd over the commentators that were on the TV the entire game. Uh, It was just like, you couldn't hear. I could see Joey, uh, Joe Burrow kind of like motion. He couldn't hear anything his in his headpiece, it went out. So he was just kind of like making motions. I can't hear you. The, the crowd was electric, and mm-hmm. it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I've said we need to have that energy in Nissan Stadium for every home game mm-hmm. because you know, for a couple of the Titans sacks that really gotten taken off, that got taken off the board for the timeout and the delay of game, like. You couldn't hear. You never heard the whistle. I didn't. Like, Even on the TV, I didn't hear a whistle. And I was like, where was the whistle? You guys <laughs> couldn't hear the whistle for the timeout. You couldn't hear the whistle uh, for anything else. I'm like, that's. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear yeah. nothing. <laughs> but it was just, it was definitely loud. It was so uh, yeah. loud. Uh, so, I mean, again, just all these moments you've mentioned so far, I'm like, I you can't argue with any of them because they're i mean that they're, they're top moments for sure and just from watching that derrick henry video it's it's got me a little more little lost that was your number six moment correct mm-hmm. that was my number six so, moment. so we'll take a little break right quick and we're gonna hop into our best bets segment presented by DraftKings. And DraftKings has a uh, good offer for new customers. We're coming up on the Super Bowl. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings 
an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you have to do is bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. <laughs> uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million, at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. All you have to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 years or older. Uh, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Voided where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8. Uh, four six seven three six nine, or text four six seven three eight nine. And Stephanie, I know from seeing you tweet out, you like throwing some bets down. I like throwing some bets down. We're still a little over a week away from mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, but have you been looking at looking ahead at any bets that you you kind of have your eye on? And we always tell everyone, you know, this is not betting advice. You know, we, we had a segment. <laughs> well, we, we had a segment all throughout the season, and somehow, you know, my brother and I were competing back and forth. I ended up being either 50% on the bets that I threw out or a little over 50%. And we threw out two every week. So I, I wanted to kind of spring this on you and see have you been looking ahead at any bets for the Super Bowl, and what do you like? A few, a few. I kind of stick to, when it comes to the Super Bowl, I kind of stick to player props. I believe mm -hmm. player props give you the best bang for your buck uh, because when, you, when you're when you betting, I feel like spreads, points, things like that, it, it literally could go either way with those. <laughs> and I kind of like the safer bets for the Super Bowl. Um, I've definitely been eyeing a Matt Stafford at INT or interception um, because uh, I feel like this Bengals defense is hungry and they could cause him to make a mistake. Um, and also the Bengals have at least created a turnover or INT in I know their last couple of games. Uh, so I definitely would look at Matt Stafford for at least one interception. Um, I haven't looked to see it, what it is exactly on DraftKings. But if it's over 0.5, take it. Like, I, I feel like he'll at least throw something. Something's going to get batted down. Hilton <laughs> might, you know, bat his own intercept, you know, bat his own bat yeah. his pass down. Or Jesse may jump a route, you know. Mm -hmm. Either one of those. I, I really do like a Matt Stafford interception in that game. So I just I pulled up my DraftKings app since we're talking about it and looked. They do have it as the over or under a half interception. Mm -hmm. And for over a half interception, those odds are minus one fifty. So 
little you juice. Know, it looks like they're thinking. <laughs> they, but they are thinking that Matt is going to. Um, sometimes it just kind of depends on your um, your bankroll management because that's very important. Bankroll management, super <laughs> important to have. Um, if, but if you feel comfortable, I. 150 to me is probably the best odds you're going to find um, because of the fact they're thinking that it could, it could, it could happen. Just that's yeah. what those odds are. They're really thinking it could happen. So they're like, why not get a little more juice out of it? Still think it's worth the money though. I, I really feel yeah. Matt could throw at least one. Right. And given this Rams defense, I mean, they have Joe Burrow over a half interception at minus minus one thirty. Mm-hmm. But uh, one other thing I want to hit on, because obviously you have Jamar Chase, you have Cooper Cup. You know, mm-hmm. the the two guys of when you think of these offenses, you think of them. For Cooper Cup, his over and under on yards, they have at a hundred and four and a half. And <laughs> and for Jamar Chase, they have it at seventy nine and a half. A hundred and four? That's yes. so that is, I mean it's not is not not doable because you're talking about Cooper Cup, but when it comes to big big games like this, popular props. I personally just popular props. Mm-hmm. I tend to stay away from now. Like Tyler Higby, I feel like is a great look because if they get on top of Cooper Cup, um, if they get on top of Odell Beckham, you still have mm-hmm. Tyler Higby. That's one of Matthew Stafford's prime targets, especially in the end zone. Um, definitely look at his receptions and possibly at any time touchdown, given if Cooper and um, Odell Beckham is both uh, covered by their defense. You have Tyler Higby in the back mm-hmm. in the background, just waiting there, and Matt will easily chuck it to Tyler with no problem. So definitely take a look at Tyler Higby receptions and an anytime touchdown. I'm pretty sure you can get a good I, odds for Tyler Higby. I, I I like that. I'm looking right now. As of right now, they don't have him on there, but mm-hmm. I do know that's because he got injured in the NFC Championship game. I got you. So, so they don't know how he's going to yeah, do. But you know, they may be holding out just to make sure that he's going to be active for this game. <laughs> I, I think he's going to play. He's got a backup. So, um, oh, he's got a very long name, too. He's got the, the yeah. second tight end that's in there. Um, if he if Higby's not playing, if, if there's something, which I doubt, I doubt, I highly doubt. Well, if it's something extremely waiting, then yes. But, I, you know, yeah. just, just keep an eye on Tyler Higby this week. Also, maybe keep an eye on Van Jefferson. Uh, Van yeah. Jefferson is that is that third wide receiver that's sneaky. It can get in the end zone very quickly. Um, but like you said, Odell and Cooper are going to be, to me, the most bedded props. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to keep running up those props. So I just feel like maybe kind of go on the off chance of uh, um, of a um, Higby or Van Jefferson, right. um, maybe even a Sony, because I don't know if um, – I don't know how Cam Akers is going to fare. Um, right. Said he's he's you know props to him he's coming back off of an Achilles mm-hmm. but I feel like Sony, and he's coming back strong <laughs> yeah and I feel like but I feel like Sony just gets this burst of energy that's mm-hmm. just you it's hard to take Sony Michelle down and um, so definitely kind of look at those not so popular bedded because I feel like um, if you didn't get the lines early on in the week they're going mm-hmm. to be completely inflated um, before next week so yeah and you know that actually surprised me when I looked at. Cooper Cup, because obviously we know the guy can do it. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when I'm looking at these, and I even glanced down at Odell, and they have him, his over-under at 64 and a half. Van Jefferson, they have at 
31 and a half. But, you know, I've been seeing it last couple of weeks, even NFC Championship game. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I seen Odell with like, it was like over 30 something and a half mm-hmm. on the yard. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I, I would take that. But now I looking would. at it at, at 64 and a half, I'm like, uh, and even Cooper Cup, if his was down in the 80s, I'm like, okay, I, I could probably see that happening. But when you jump to that 104 for any line. receiver, I, I'm like, ah. <laughs> you might be able to get a live line if if you're, if it's getting that high. Um, mm-hmm. But I think also they're counting on um, Mr. Uh, runs his mouth, Eli Apple. Um <laughs> you know, getting burnt uh, by Cooper Cup quite a bit. So I can see why they would put the lines mm-hmm. up that high because, oh, gosh, that man gets burnt more, more than toast. But he talks no. so much stuff. So it's just kind of depending on who Eli Apple takes because it just – between him and Odell. But I'm pretty sure depends on who they're going to put him on. I would watch mm-hmm. for that because a lot of – DraftKings is really good for live bets. So uh, definitely take a look at those live lines, especially if you see Eli on Cooper for the game. Just – I would probably just go ahead and take that over because Eli yeah. gives up so many yards. It's not even funny. Now what's going to be bad is, you know, as you mentioned, I, I hate hearing him run his mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. What's going to be bad is if he has that interception – on Stafford, <laughs> but I'm gonna win either way, so I kind of yeah. I'm like you know, you win and you lose. Yeah, like, uh, one, I, so gotta good. hear him run his mouth, but I win some money. I I'll take the money. <laughs> I just mute him. I've muted him at this point, so I don't really have to hear him ramble. But I'm just like, I took pictures every time last week when he got burnt by Tyree Kill, and it was absolutely hilarious just to kind of see the progression uh, of his game. And he had the one saving, and it was it was the game saving touchdown um, or, or game saving um, tackle tackle where he just kept them from getting because I feel like if the that would have changed the whole trajectory of mm-hmm. the game if they would have got that touchdown. Now, granted, I don't know why you would go for a touchdown when you're up that many points, nah. but that's new, nor here or there. That's, that's right. a decision. That's not my decision. I don't get paid that money to come up with that, but yeah, definitely that. Uh, and then real quickly, maybe for the Bengals, I would, um, the Bengals, obviously Jamar Chase is going to be heavily bedded. Mm-hmm. However, you're, you're going to have him go up against Jalen, Jalen Ramsey. Right. Um, so he's going to, you know, if you see the line going up, wait before the game and bet the under because I believe that Jamar Chase, especially with Jalen, mm-hmm. I think Jalen's going to corral him. He may let up one play here or there, but I don't see right. Jalen um, letting Jamar Chase just run all over him the entire game. I don't see that. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen what uh, Jalen Ramsey can do. Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever he actually follows a guy around, like you look at his stats and – top receivers in the league you're talking holding them under 30 yards oh yeah most of the, like it's it, it's crazy uh and you know but we're we got a guy in Fulton who might be not saying he's there yet but he I, I, I like his Where progression this year I love his progression. exactly and I now do. we'll We'll get back to these top moments. You know, Sorry, like I, said, we got, I could talk about uh, betting all day, so I apologize. <laughs> no, look, and, and that's exactly why, because when I was asking you to come on and everything, I was like, I'm going to leave this bets, best bets segment 
just a secret right now and let you know talk about it because i wanted to put you on the spot see it what you had because i knew you had probably been looking forward i've been looking forward mm-hmm. I, i've been holding off just to kind of see where lines well, go to good. I have and, to bet. I have to get my bets in before uh, before Thursday, anyways, because California right. is a non-betting state. So I have to get my bets mm. in early. Anyway. Yeah, so so you do have to be looking ahead for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so now let's get back top your fifth top moment from this season. You know, funny part is it segues right into number five. It was the road win against the Rams, mm. um, the first game without Henry. Everybody said we were dead in the water. Um, you know, obviously, Stephen A. Smith has his opinion. Um, everybody had their opinions. They said we were dead. This wasn't happening. There was no way we would beat a vaunted uh, Rams team. And then we just came in and shut them in the mouth. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was the – on Monday night, you know, to, to go from having a team where you didn't want – I really didn't want to see us play on many live – you know, like Monday night, you know, mm-hmm. Thursday night was okay because we usually got the Jags. But, yep. like, primetime <laughs> spots were not always our bright spots. So, to kind of see them come in, you're going into um, SoFi, a beautiful stadium from what I've seen. So, I'm excited mm-hmm. to kind of see it for myself when I get to go uh, to the Super Bowl. And um, to kind of come in and dominate the Rams, especially – like like you said, defensively, um, mm-hmm. their offensive line just could not protect uh, Stafford to save his life. No. <laughs> and then um, from him going to those plays and then him, you know, pulling a Carson Wentz and throwing the ball um, <laughs> in the, in, from the end zone. Fun fact, Danico Autry and, and company was right back there. That's who generated that pass rush in order to, you know, basically spin him around and make him throw that catch. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the next time to go and then Kevin Byer jumps the route. He wasn't even supposed to be in the spot he was in. He snuck it out and he got there and he took it in for a touchdown. Like that game was so much fun to watch because it was on one is on national TV too. It was after everybody and their mama said that there was no way we could mm-hmm. do it. There was no way we could do this um, without Henry. And uh, granted, we did have some struggles on offense, but it was literally the first game without our star. Like you're having to ask mm-hmm. the offense to rework and rekin and redo things that they're not doing. Also, it was fun to see Adrian Peterson. Like, yeah, we signed AP even if it was <laughs> a little bit. Like we had a hall, of, another Hall of Fame running back on our field it was it was it was crazy to see him in two-tone blue for that time yeah. period. so definitely that road win against the Rams yeah I mean that was because like you said that game obviously as Titans fans we know how things usually go when the the cards are stacked against us like at that point that's when you really better not bet against us because mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll make you pay but at the same time, I think all Titans fans going into that game were like, "Okay, this is our this is our first game without Henry," and it was more nerves of how is this team going to look mm-hmm. as far as and the defense went in and was like, "Don't worry, we we, we got, got y'all. We got we, we're going to take care of business. Do what we have to do," and just like you said, that was kind of. Watching our defense that game versus that Rams offense, it was like, okay, we've seen them be dominant a couple times this year, but 
they are on a completely different level. Yes. And it was just like, you look back in that game and you're like, you still question, like, how did Jeffrey Simmons become a Pro Bowl alternate over Chris Jones? Like, this man didn't generate one sack this year. Like, what What do you What do you mean? Uh, like, why? I get it because of his name and the team he's on mm-hmm. and this and this and that. But, um, like, to see Jeffrey have three interceptions – or not three, sorry, three sacks in one mm-hmm. game. Like, and he was just counting one, two, three. Yeah. Like, the way he took that offensive lineman and drove him all the way back just to get his arm around Stafford. I'm like, that man has a family and you just, you just disrespected this man in front of his man, this man's whole family out. Yeah. And like, it really makes you think about, we talked about the front four earlier. If they're able to keep Harold Landry, I mean, the season he had, you have Danico Autry who, was a spark. You have Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree. You talked about Bud Dupree, the impact that doesn't show up in the stat sheet of getting double team, helping others, you know, maybe causing the pressure and someone else getting the sack. Jeffrey Simmons was showing people like, you have to double team me too. Like mm-hmm. if you put one guy on me, I, I'm i going to own him all game long. Exactly. <laughs> like there's there's yeah. no way around it. Like, hey, one guy cannot handle me. And the funny part is, I, I don't know if you're ready to talk about um, number four, because this actually no. leads in. I like how this uh, is yeah. working now, how it did. <laughs> this is perfection. Like, it leads into my number four, which is the defense having a nine-sack game. Versus, Granted, we'll just put this out here, you know. <laughs> Personally, I am okay. I, I believe I hope we'll get to that point where everybody else is okay and we move on, mm-hmm. we learn from this. I take the positives from the game, and the positives is that I personally feel we have a championship-ready defense. Like, this defense, it's different. Like you said, it, it's definitely not the defense of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that defense has been erased <laughs> and gone, and I feel like that game – just showed the world that we have a caliber defense. I feel like we have a championship caliber defense because Joey was on the ground half of the game. Like yep. to have a, and I believe that ties like the high of a postseason sack mm-hmm. record. And to coming from a team who maybe had like ten all year last year, yeah. I think it's like thirteen maybe. Yeah. Um, or 19, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 19. 19. Um, To go from that to almost tripling or, you know, to having nine in one game, like, are are you kidding me? Like this defense was just playing nasty. And, and when you, when you talk about like what type of person I am, like, like fan wise, Mm -hmm. I'm an in the trenches. I don't care if the score is two to three or two to two to seven because it means the defenses were beating up on one another or on mm-hmm. off, on each side's offense. And so like to kind of watch that game and, you know, you were sad about how the offense was doing, but I could not say that the defense played that game with the utmost perfection. Mm-hmm. I could, couldn't ask them to, to, to perform better. There's no way. I don't think they could pre- have performed any better unless they could all learn how to throw a ball on offense. <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons, maybe, because he's been practicing yeah. with the offense. So we'll see what that happens next year. But 
you know, granted that touchdown got called back against the Texans because he didn't report as eligible, but well, that's neither here nor there. Right. Kind of like for, for them to step up and just show how far they've come in a year's time from our last playoff game that, you know, the defense stepped up for last year's playoff game too, mm. but the defense as a whole this year, it was just gritty. You could tell they were playing with a chip on her shoulder. Ever since that Pro Bowl snub, Jeffrey has been playing out of his mind. And I appreciate the NFL for not, you know, and whoever voted that snubbed him because this man is playing like a deranged lunatic. And I absolutely love it. Like yes. I haven't seen this since Albert. I'll go back to Albert Hainsworth. Like this is the grittiness of that old 2000, early 2000s defense that we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm just hoping we do it. Like you said, we do what it takes to keep this group together because mm -hmm. I just believe with a year under their belt, it's just going to get better from here. Like I feel like you're going to have to be scared of this defense when you play because of, of what they can do. Uh, oh, for sure. And like you said, you know, looking at that game, I've – I've gotten to the point now where I, I'm better mm -hmm. with it. And like you said, you have to look at the positives. And, man, the defense was such a positive in that game. Because going into halftime, I believe they had uh, five sacks at halftime. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the guy next to me. I'm looking at Kerry, and I'm like, we have five sacks at halftime. halftime. Like, do you, I was like, you know, most of the time in an NFL game – if you get five sacks in a game, like your defense had a really good game. Oh, yeah. But we had five at half. I was like, we may crack double digits, and I think should have cracked double digits because, again, oh, sure. I, I didn't hear a whistle on the two times that they blew it. I think, I think the Bengals got bailed out a couple of times there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just watching them fly around. And like you said with Simmons, whoever in the NFL voted – and decided to leave him as an alternate because even though he's there now, mm -hmm. you know in his mind he's still thinking, I I shouldn't have been an alternate. I should have been here from the start. From the jump. And he's he's gonna use that for next year. And again, I I feel sorry for any offensive lineman that has to try and block him <laughs> next year. I mean, it's just crazy to see how his progression, too. I mean, at the beginning, just like two years ago, it seemed like, you know, people were kind of like, you know, why are we getting a, a defensive lineman who, you know, just coming off of, I believe, he, an ACL, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't know what he was going to do. And I knew he was special because of that that Chargers game where mm -hmm. he got a sack on, on uh, Rivers, no less. Yeah back then and it was just like I knew from that moment like he came in as that rookie and made an impact he just needed the pieces around him and now that we have the pieces around him I'm like you know credit to I give credit equally to Jim Schwartz and to Shane Bowen like I have mm. to give that man his flowers like yep. you know people are like obviously you give credit to Jim Schwartz because he's over he's the overseer you know he mm -hmm. Two, like you said, two had better one, but I have to give credit to both. Like Shane Bowen has really turned it around from last year. And that, like you said, part of it is because Jim Schwartz, in, you know, I feel like 
That's why I was kind of going back to Kevin Byard's yeah. first year because that's where Jim Schwartz was when you know he de- helped develop Kevin um, right. when he was first here. Uh, so it's just kind of like give credit to both of those men because they've absolutely turned this defense from a bottom of the barrel where Matt Stafford didn't care to play with broken ribs and like a wearing like this chest plate because he knew he wasn't going to be touched. Right. Like, so for for them to go from this to this, it just just incredible just just incredible yeah, exactly which also hitting on Stafford I, I don't even if the Titans defense was like this last year he the dude is so freaking tough he may have played with that anyway just because he would have done it and he I, Matt Stafford I feel like would play with like three broken fingers and yeah. a, a pinky toe a cracked something you know a cracked yeah. head he put him in a bubble wrap and he's good to go. He doesn't. Hey, you, you would have to have him in a full body cast oh, for, for sure. him not to be able to get out there and play. I mean, it's it, it's crazy and he's so tough. You know, and I, I'm I'm so happy that he gets a ch- opportunity to get a Super Bowl because like, I, I hope he gets it. I, this man has been through so much in his I think like what twelve years that he's been in the league. He's been in the league for. A, very long time mm-hmm. and to kind of see him now with a team that has a supporting cast that he needed that he didn't get in Detroit um to now get the opportunity to play for a Super Bowl ring is absolutely incredible and I 100% hope he gets that like yep. um people are asking me all you know you know who you're going for I'm like obviously I'm kind of neutral but if anything because of how long I've been a football fan and how long we've seen Matt Stafford go through those ebbs and flows of being in Detroit to kind of see him at this point now I, I can't help but to root for Matt Stafford like I just I yeah. want him to get that ring I feel like it uh, it will help him immensely as soon as the Titans got put out I was like you know I'm it, it's the Rams I want to see mm-hmm. Stafford get that ring out of everyone that was left in it, I was like, this dude deserves it more than anyone <laughs> that's that that's still out there. I want to get to a couple comments right quick because we've had them flooding in here. <laughs> uh, Damon Beverly says, tighten up, fam. Tighten up to you. Tighten up. Uh, Mark Jones, what's up, guys? Tighten up. Uh, Clowney Super Bowl asked, who, we, who should we cut to save some cap space? And... You know, I'm still, I, I'm still thinking on that one. I, I, I haven't really decided uh, where I think the team will go. Um, Mark Jones with Derrick Henry just coming back that final game. You know, he is motivated to get back on the field and go for the record next year. Mm-hmm. And then says, if he can stay healthy, he will have a historical season. Uh, you know, he's going to be beast mode after all these workouts and training. Like, yeah, he's. That's actually part of the offseason I look forward to is those workout clips that they send out every year because it was hilarious that last year that um, <clears throat> Ryan Tannehill kind of mimicked one of his training yeah. videos where the where his wife put the purse over his neck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, I think that's one thing that Titans fans were waiting on after Henry got injured. Like, we knew to the point where he would be able to get back to working out. And – like, that's what we were all wanting to see. We're like, mm-hmm. Henry, get give us something. Just let us let us see you back in the lab because we know he was working like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the 615 podcast, the 2021-2022 Falcons are the 2020-2021 Titans in the SAC department. 
Falcons had 18 all year. I mean, we felt the pain. We felt the yep. pain. No pass rush. It was horrible. Nope. Uh, my wife, uh, she agreed with you on one of them. I, I don't know exactly when that comment come in. So, but, but one of your moments or something you were talking about, she really agreed with, um, six, one, five podcast losing when we did in the playoffs means we get ahead on the off season. Titans Rossi says, what's hey, up, Steph? Hope Rossi. all is well. Hey. I, I know he's, uh, at work right now, so. I have fun with that, buddy. Uh, you know, we'll, we definitely got to get you on the show again and get your top moments from this season. Um, and now we'll we'll get back. I think we're up to number three. Correct? Number three, yes. And this is um, this is not necessarily a play, but um, Jarrell Casey returning to retire. Um, Jarrell Casey is. I'll go back to I love the Titans for Albert Hainsworth, but Jarrell Casey, I followed him once he got drafted uh, mm-hmm. to the Titans, and I've, I followed him through his entire career here. He was the first jersey I ever bought. Um, I met him a couple of seasons ago um, at the Titan Up kickoff uh, party mm-hmm. they had where uh, it was still Marcus and, and company, and they right. had like um, scrimmage between the teams, and I got a chance to meet him, and he was very kind, uh, very nice guy. Uh, just like his game and the person he is on and off the field is what made me fall in love with him as a player. Um, and so when he left, um, quick story time, I think it was during the Colts game when they announced that he was getting dra- – like he was getting traded to the to the Broncos. And I don't cry much over football, mm-hmm. but I did shed a few tears when I found out Jarrell got – traded because it was such a blind slide I, I, right. I didn't expect it I don't think anybody expected it and so the day that he said that he was coming back to retire hold on, uh, and <laughs> the day he came back to retire um, like he had that um, press conference and just mm-hmm. to kind of that he was able, you know, that that connection with him and J-Rob wasn't tarnished because he's like, he understood at the end of the day that it's business. Right. And, and he understands that there had, decisions had to be made. But watching him on the field, mm-hmm. um, they showed him and and it got to me when they showed him and got walking into the locker room for the last mm-hmm. time and they showed his locker and they had all of his, like, he had 98. They had um, his locker just set up for him. And it was just a beautiful moment that I was thankful we all got to share in. And that part where he got to retire officially as a Titan was just was a amazing moment for me. Yes. I mean, that, you know, that really, I think, you know, like you said, the trade was a blind side. But knowing the fact of he got to come back and retire as a Titan, like that, that was big. Like that was, that was major. So, you know, I I was happy to see that he got to come back and do that. Mm -hmm. And now we'll slide on into number two. Number two, uh, Tannehill's Houdini, uh, um, act against the Texans <laughs> in the fourth quarter where we thought he was going to get mm-hmm. tackled for a huge loss. Yes. Um, and then he ends up spinning out, leaning into Taylor Wan, running around and throwing a dart to Nick Westbrook-Akina. Um, yep. Credit to Nick Westbrook-Akina for stepping up in his role this season. You know, mm-hmm. awesome, 
awesome uh a job for his development um obviously like you know things happen but uh very happy to see him develop into the wide receiver that he is hopefully going to be going forward um but yes that houdini act was absolutely crazy watching it on tv i'm like okay he's down but no he ends up spinning out getting out and then throwing that dart of a pass i'm like Mm -hmm. who is this guy like (laughs) (laughs) who is this guy uh, the the funniest part to me about that is you have Lewan who he's like everyone else. He thinks that Tannehill's going down, and then all of a sudden he turns and looks, and Tannehill's using him for support. And Lewan's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I, I can I can still block right now." <laughs> and I'm like, just that that whole play because I'm like, I see him get wrapped up. I'm like, man, the like no, and then. He gets out of it and like just throws that dart down. I'm like, you're kidding me! Like, that how did he do game, that? That whole game, I feel like had to be mentally. Um, you had to come, and that's something that as a professional, I don't think a lot of people, you know, see. Sometimes they're real humans. I know mm-hmm. after that Texans game, Tannehill took a beating. Like, you know, he was getting sacked multiple times. He threw four intercepts. You know, it was a bad game. It was a horrible game but for him to turn it around and have that four touchdown game in, in that in that I guess the same team who pretty much you know took us over right. the first game um it was so great to see you know he wasn't going to give up he wasn't going to go down without a fight and that's kind of who Tannehill is as a person like he just doesn't he's not going to give up um he's not going to you know call it in or throw in the towel or anything like that. So it was great to see that entire performance. But yeah, that that, definitely that Houdini act was, was insane. That, that was a crazy moment. It it really was. It was like, okay, I'm tired of getting hit. I'm fixing to make a play down the field here. Um, And now, you know, the moment we've been waiting for your number one moment from this past season. Um, it was actually like a culmination of one thing, but it was just the Titans when they celebrated the women in football during the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole game was kind of crazy because prior to that, there was a tailgate where Miss Amy showed up. We got to meet Miss Amy. Um, she's such a sweetheart. And that was also where they announced me as fan of the year because I had to keep it quiet for like two weeks. Like I knew in October, like oh, wow. last week of <laughs> October. And I had to hold it in for like two, almost three weeks before this game um, came out where they would tell everybody, I'm like, look, I, I need to, tell people this is you know because you're in group chats you're on social media you have your friends and everybody Mm -hmm. you're just like you have to hide this huge secret um and so the tailgate was amazing they they hosted that tailgate and you know everybody's just like this is this is you you did this you helped bring this to life because the um celebrating women in football was actually a deal an idea that came from the group in the off season prior to Mm. the start of the season, regular season. So they had, we had meetings with Titans executives, um, shout out to Gil and company, Gil Beverly, great, great human being all around. Um, And they were talking about what they wanted to see from the Titans, like organization as a whole. And we brought up the idea of celebrating, you know, women or having Mm. a ladies game or ladies night game or something like that. So they ended up turning it into celebrating women in football. And what better way to kick off um, that game, you know, with Amy um, opening up with a message. And then Mm. we actually, at the there was a event that we hosted that they hosted for us where 
um, it was a ladies of Titans football event that they hosted. Um, and they got us doing like cheers and yells and the mm-hmm. chant and they all got to be played during uh, the game. So to kind of see them incorporate, that was just, it was absolutely awesome. And then when they announced me as fan of the year, see, I was just kind of like, I was content with, you know, being kind of it, at that moment being kind of quiet. Cause it was just kind of mm-hmm. like everybody was around me. And then me and Nate were eating, you know, at halftime with like a group of like six people that we, we didn't know, but you know, everybody's fans. So they know each other and they announced it. And then everybody just turns around and just looks at me and they're like, is that you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I have blue hair. Like you right. can't miss me. You, there's no way I can hide. Um, <laughs> so they're like, Oh my gosh, you weren't going to tell anybody. I said, not really. Like I wasn't going to tell <laughs> some of the people, but I wanted to tell some of them, you know, a handful but right. like oh my gosh that was you and i'm like yes that was me and then you know everybody's like congratulations throughout the game you know the amenity kind of um went away after mm. that game because it was just like it was there front and center and then you know they're like i saw it on the j- jumbotron i saw you on the jumbotron i was just like yeah that was that was definitely me it, right. definitely a crazy thing happening but it, it was definitely that game it was so fun to see the titans um embracing our group um embracing what we're about um because it just you know women don't sometimes like the ladies that are are in the not only the group chat but a part of the twitter page mm-hmm. it's like you don't really have a place to go sometimes to talk about your fandom without you being thrown a million questions. Um, And it's very difficult, especially with the social media platform that we have today um, where people can just say anything, um, especially when you're a female, like you're automatically grilled. Um, I'm not going to say it's within the fan base because you have your, you have your bad seeds, but just in general around the league, like you're constantly questioned about your knowledge. You're, um, if, you, if somebody doesn't like your opinion, your 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 appearance is thrown at you at the jump. Um, and so when I created the lot space, it was really during the height of the pandemic in, in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was a place for Titans f- uh, female fans to go to speak to other women um, about their love of the team, things that right. are going on. And even in your personal life, like um, – everybody has a life outside of sports. And so to be able to come into a place where you can speak freely to other women and just kind of uplift and um, hold one another, like during the hard times, the bad games, the good games, um, it's something that I don't think, I didn't think that would turn into this big of a concept. Um, And then like when, when individuals like yourself um, and other wonderful parents of newborns are just like, I can't wait for her to be a future lot or things like that. Like you guys don't have any idea how much that, that warms my heart because I did not think that this would be something that would be generational or long lasting or, you know, past that, you know, the last season or the season after, but just kind of seeing people are like, you know, thank you for creating a space that maybe one day my daughter can be a part of because it's, it's, it's so humbling because I didn't have that place when I was like 13, I wouldn't, or 11. I started watching football 11, 12, 13, and 13 is like around that age where you get social media. And I wish that I had a place to go um, to speak to other 
women about the sport and not feel like I was being bombarded with thousands of questions and things like that about um, about something that I thought I knew. Uh, so it's so incredible to see when I see precious little girls or newborn babies and they're just like, you know, I can't wait for her to be a part of the lot group because, you know, you think that highly of the group and the space that we've created that you would want your own children to be a part of it. And so definitely, um, I think, I thank everybody who's a part of it. So that that's definitely why that's my number one. Moment. And I think that is a great number one moment. And I want to say, because obviously I do have a little girl, like, yeah, thank you so much for creating that space. And even like I told you when we were messaging earlier, uh, whenever you let my wife into that group and everything, like she was so excited about that, getting to talk to other women about football. Because like you said, I, I see it on Twitter when I get on there. You have um, a lot of – you have some of these guys that either when – you start throwing out facts to them, this and that. They're either hitting you with all these questions or, like you said, they'll attack a parent. And I'm like, dude, like this, like we are so far beyond mm -hmm. that point or should be. Like women know football. There's a lot of women out there mm -hmm. who study yeah. the game. And I'm going to say there's probably women out there that know the game even better. You know, I'll say it, they probably know it better than I do. And, you know, especially breaking it down, like, in the trenches because, you know, growing up, I, I'd be a guy who I would look at the stats more. But then as I got older, learning, hey, there's other stuff where someone may not show up in the stat. And there's a lot of women out there who um, I know, I, I believe it's Anna. She's a big Jeffrey Simmons yeah, not, yeah, in the fan. And, She's beautiful. And she, you know, she has been raving on him for forever and telling people, y'all need to be watching him. And then all of a sudden, he really blows up this year. And it's, you know, she has that right. She's like, look, I told y'all about him. <laughs> like, I've been telling y'all about him. 100%. So, <laughs> 100%. Like, like, I just everything you have done for, you know, not just the Titans women in football, but I know other women from other fan bases see it. Just thank you so much for that. And, you know, I am looking forward to when little Charlotte gets older, she can have that space as well and be able to come talk about football with other women. Because, you know, like you said, y'all have that group where y'all can all come together and talk about it and no one's going to be hitting you with, all these questions to see if you really know the game and all that. So yes, thank you. And, you know, just, I, I think that's a great way to, or a great moment to have as your top moment for sure. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I just, I do, it, it's definitely, um, like I said, it's humbling. It just makes me want to work harder to, to see, where this group goes, like we started out with 20 members and now, mm -hmm. you know, you obviously there's a limit in the group chat. I didn't know that group chats <laughs> only go to 75 people. 
did not know that until recently. You can hmm. only add 75 people per group chat on Twitter. <laughs> Lesson learned, but you know, right. to see the Twitter page take off. And then like when you have um like when they brought up my story on Good Morning Football to have mm-hmm. both uh Peter Schrager um and company that they just they both liked the page and I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. Like it was just like, <laughs> you know. When Kay liked the page, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to blank on her name there for a second. I apologize. No. <laughs> but, uh, after after like a certain time period, mom brain sets in. It just shuts. It just shuts down for the day. So I apologize. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but when Kay liked it, and she's like, you know, that's a really cool format, really good platform to have, and then to kind of talk to some of the other fan of the years because there's 15. No, there's 17 women fan of the years this year. Like it's so cool to talk and and all the fans of the years are great it's really just nice to see the inclusion that the nfl has with recognizing both individuals as fans of the years and just to kind of hopefully to be able to sit and talk with them and if anybody's got questions or anything like that like i see like green bay has um a leading presence with women um uh, women who love to talk about the the green bay packers found out days ago that there's a ladies of the predators on facebook and that that was a group created five months ago for female fans of the nashville predators so that is on on facebook uh and so to just kind of see it balloon into other fields and other teams and things like that that's that's really all i wanted i just wanted women to feel like they have a safe space to go to talk about their fandom and I, I think that's great. And Stephanie, I really thank you so much for coming thank on you. and you know giving us your top ten moments from this past season. Um, I, I'm gonna want to get you on again, especially after you go get that <laughs> Super Bowl experience. Of course, like I, I, after you go experience off all that, and you know, I know you're gonna be riding high for several days even after that. So uh, I, I'm, I want to give you time to really take it all in and be able to think about everything that you saw, but definitely want to get you on the show again this off season. And like I said, just thank you so much for coming on. Anyone who is in the chat, if you don't already follow Stephanie, go follow her on Twitter at Stephanie P 96. Always, whether it's talking about betting titans football just all, all kinds of different things she's a great follow on there thank you i appreciate you having me on thank you so much and i can't wait to come back and talk about the super bowl i won't be able to shut up about it <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey that's okay uh so everyone appreciate y'all coming out commenting like crazy make sure if you hadn't already go hit that like button and as always tighten up tighten up